coming up front row uh, right now, Barry WBNS. <clears throat> Coach, uh, obviously the bye week, does it come at a good time? And what's your philosophy on bye weeks? You're, you're, you're on a bit of a roll, but you also have hanged up place. No, I think it does come out at a good time, and I think you bring up a good point. There's, there's times where you start to get into a rhythm, and then um, – you know, you don't want that that uh, bye week. Um, I don't know if that's the case here. Um, you know, we're going to practice today, uh, tomorrow, Thursday, really uh, put some good uh, three days of practice in and, and keep grinding on this thing. But it does allow us to get a few guys uh, healthy heading into the Iowa game. Right behind him, Clay Hall, WSYX. Looks like you're getting a lot of love nationally, pundits, uh, whoever. I mean, do you subscribe to that uh, Nick Saban rat poison type of thing? Well, I think our guys would tell you that, um, you know, we, you know, it doesn't really matter other than winning the next game. I think the guys understand that. Um, I don't think that um, any of the guys really even care about that because it doesn't matter. Uh, the only one that, that matters is the one at the end of the season. So, um, you know, we have to keep winning and, um, you know, that's all we're focused on right now, quite honestly. Right, Austin Ward, Rivals, 97.1. Ryan, what's the structure for practice this week? And outside of getting healthy, what would you like to accomplish? Yeah, we're going to um, uh, we're going to practice today, tomorrow, Thursday, um, and then do our plus one like we typically do going into a coming off of a bye week. So, um, yeah, we want to as a staff look at what we've done, look at what we're, where we're headed, um, evaluate everybody in the program, and kind of see um, things we've done well and, and enhance those, but things that we need to improve on. Um, we obviously want to get healthy, um, you know, and get some guys, um, you know, uh, back out in the field. Want to get some guys who are playing with a few things, you know, um, healed up, um, and then continue to work good on good fundamentals and technique. You know, as you get five, six games into the season, you can start to get scheme oriented, and we can't do that. So we're going to dive back into fundamentals, techniques, and try to identify the things that we're going to need to get done here in the, in the home stretch. Right behind him, Bill Landis, Rattles. Brian, um, your your punt and punt coverage have been very good this year, but I, I think maybe the rest of the special teams operation has been a little hit or miss. Just how are you feeling about that as a whole, um, especially the, the return game with some of the, the drop balls? Yeah, uh, we're going to do a better job fielding the ball. I think if, if we do that, then we feel a little bit better about all of it. But um, but you know, certainly we, we can't be doing that. You know, we got to make sure we feel the ball better. Um, I think you know we had that's a good time right now to look at that and figure out if we have. Um, you know, the right personnel in, in all groupings and certainly in special teams as well. Right behind him, Dylan Davis, Delaware to get Gazette. When you have a chance to get Common Court in the game, CJ's out of Carlson, how do you balance, you know, giving him enough of the offense to see what you need to see because he might be yeah. quarterback next year and also not want to be disrespectful? Well, to yeah, that's, I mean, it's obviously a good problem to have, don't get me wrong, but it is something that, you know, you, you just, you want to make sure you respect the game. And, um, but, but at the same time, you know, you do want to kind of get them going a little bit. And, you know, we tried to get that third down conversion. We got the, got him on the, on the um, outside the pocket on the naked. I thought he threw a nice ball there. Uh, we had the third down where he was reading the end. I thought maybe we could have done a little bit better job just across the board, not just him. Um, but, you know, we convert right there. Maybe we, we move the ball down the field. Um, you start to get inside of, you know, five or six minutes in the fourth quarter when you're, when you're up uh, in a lopsided game, you know, I, I just kind of want to make sure I respect the game in that area, but, but certainly want to get him in the game, especially if it's, you know, at the end of the third quarter, early fourth quarter and, and, and uh, get some first downs and, and let him go play. Uh, fourth row right, Spencer Holbrook, Letterman row. Ryan, you talk about rest, recovery, trying to get guys healthy, but at the same time, there's a lot of work. I'm sure you think needs to be done. You talk, you look at the cornerback position. Yeah. 
is this is this the perfect time for them to, to really get some work in and try to try to improve their game? So yeah. Yeah, I mean, when you're identifying in all three phases what what needs to improve, the things we've done well, the things we need to improve on, um, you know, I don't think it's any any mystery that one of the things we got to do is finish some plays out at corner. We're right there. Uh, we just we haven't quite finished some. Um, I did think Denzel played better in this game, probably his best game to date. So that was good. Uh, didn't get the ball, you know, thrown his way a ton, but but I thought he was he he played his best game. Um, you know, and you know, you can say, well, they they made a nice catch, but you know, we make some nice catches too. I mean, that's that's college football now. Guys are making pretty high end catches, so we got to be we got to learn to finish. Um, you know, especially one on one situations because we know that's going to keep coming our way until we can prove that uh, that we can. So that'll be a huge emphasis this week. Uh, right next door, Cameron T. Robinson, the Athletic. Brian, kind of off that, you talked after the game, like you said, the Bear. You just need to make plays. Yeah. Corner. Is it as simple as just? Finding the ball. I mean, Cam got that PI on a broken play. Yeah. Really, but is it simple to just find the ball for those guys? Yeah. I just think the more and more times we put them into those situations, um, the more comfortable they're going to feel and, and the better they'll be. So uh, it's our job as coaches to continually put them in those positions and, and give them an opportunity to, you know, to, to learn from it and grow and uh, and get better. So that's what we're going to do. Right next door, Tony Gerdman, Buckeye Huddle. Ryan, you been speaking highly of Lathan Ransom since his freshman year. Given the two years that he had until now, the way he's playing now, just your thoughts as his coach on seeing that rise? Yeah, I think you're seeing, um, you know, what he what he's uh, capable of. He's uh, very intelligent. He's very athletic. Uh, has really good football IQ. Uh, you can see how much ground he covered on that first play on the touchdown, and still was able to hang on to the ball. He's got really good ball skills. So uh, great to see him healthy. Great to see him running around. Now he's got some uh, games under his belt. So I think you're seeing the best version of Lathan. Uh, right. Uh, Joey Kaufman, Columbus Dispatch. Brian, before, before uh, last week's game, you mentioned Jordan Hancock, somebody you're able to get back after the, the bye. If he is able to come back second half of the season, what, what kind of impact can he have? What do you see throughout the offseason? What sort of role do you envision for him? Well, he's, um, you know, we were hoping going into the season he'd be uh, battling for for a starting position um so i guess that wouldn't really change coming off of an injury but um but he's got to get back on the field and and prove that um you know he's just got to start out by by getting some games under his belt and then we can kind of go from there but um but we'll be we'll be better if he's in the lineup and um you know start off by providing some depth and then and then go from there front row middle dave biddle 24/7 sports Ryan, how would you describe your offense right now? It's it's just so multiple. I, I don't think it's as simple as calling it a spread. I mean, you guys are doing some offset eye formation. I think you're doing more 12 personnel than ever, three tight ends more than ever. Just how would you describe your offense right now? Um, uh, you know, uh, we're trying to find different ways to attack the defense based on the guys that we have. Um, and, you know, I think when you look back 10 years ago, uh, maybe more now, you know, it was like the spread offense was kind of, you know, the new thing. And, and that was creating a little bit of stress for the defense. And so I think maybe, uh, you know, defenses over time have kind of caught up to just lining up and, and spread sets. Um, actually, I know they have. Um, and so now we're trying to find more creative ways to create new surfaces, you know, bigger surfaces, um, different formations uh, that, you know, you're not giving them what they're working on. You're not giving them what they're practicing. And, now there's a fine line there, you know, and I think our guys, it's not easy here. We, we do a lot of stuff. And so guys have to be uh, really well prepared coming in every day. You know, it's not just, we're going to run the same plays every week. We're not going to do that, but I think they enjoy that. I think they really embrace the challenge of, you know, trying to give the defense uh, a lot of problems 
but at the end of the day, we, we still have our base things that we'll do that we'll line up and play. Um, you know, we know what our base is. We know what our identity is, but, um, I think the guys enjoy coming in on Tuesday thinking, okay, what are the new things coming in this week? And then, uh, go putting it on the field. And it's fun. You can see the excitement of when we, uh, execute plays that we've been working on that maybe are new, you know, you can see the excitement. They, they enjoy that. And I think, um, that's a tribute to our coaches, but more more importantly, our players coming in every day, uh, with the ability to go take a meeting to the field and then go put it onto the game field. Cause, um, that's not easy to do. Yeah. Uh, Steven means cleveland.com. I know you're not going to sit here and try to take any awards for CJ yet halfway through the year, but just, Halfway through his second year as a starting quarterback, what are some things you like? Maybe some things you haven't like. Just kind of evaluate what you've seen from him. Oh, so. uh, yeah, I think, um, all right, so first six games, I mean, I think the first thing you notice is just his movement. I think that you, know, you could see that in the first couple games. He, his, his movement has been improved, um, whether it's been, uh, you know, out of the pocket, doing some things that are designed or not designed, you know, scrambling, extending plays like he had to do in the first game and a couple other games. So I think that's been good. I think his red zone play has been excellent. I think when he's had to throw the ball away, he's thrown the ball away, but he's also made some really good throws down there, which has led to us being successful in the red zone. Um, but overall, I just think it's his leadership, his vision, his accuracy, um, you know, all of the above. Uh, right behind him, Dan Hope, 11 Warriors. Ryan Irish said on the radio last week that, you know, you guys had a lot of injuries and you've noticed that around the country, a lot of teams are having to play depth because of injuries. Do you think there's any reason why maybe there have been more injuries this year? Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I have the, the, the numbers or data to, to back that up. I don't, but I just, it was something that I just kind of um, felt and um, I, I don't know, but, uh, but it does, you know, challenge your depth when you're in those types of situations and, uh, I have been proud of the, to the guys who had to step up, whether it's been in special teams um, or some different positions, you know, going into some games with two two freshmen, um, you know, corners who had never really had any experience before or, um, you know, a running back position. You know, we've had some some stress at a couple of positions that we've had to go play some depth. And uh, so that's that's been, I think, another thing, if you're just identifying what are the things that have been positive in the first six games, I think we've seen some of that go on. Our, our depth has been challenged at different positions and, have responded pretty well, um, and hopefully that can you know pay off here in, in these last six games of the regular season. Fourth row left, Jacob Bench, the Lantern. Yeah, hey Ryan, just going back to CJ. Um, you mentioned I think last week or a couple of weeks ago. You know he doesn't play for personal accolades, doesn't really care too much about the stats. And then he said after the game Saturday that he's dedicating the season to Dwayne Haskins. Um, City writes like his cousin's name and stuff on wristbands and whatnot. Just what does it mean to you to see your quarterback play for something bigger than himself? Yeah, I think you can see it. I think the the players can see it. I think you can see his attitude on the sideline. Um, he is not concerned about statistics. Um, I think he understands that they're gonna they're gonna happen and they're gonna come. But uh, he's focused on one thing, and that's winning and being a leader for his teammates. And and when you, when you truly play like that and just have an open heart and um, you know, I just I think it carries over to your team and um, you know naturally his stats are, are really good and naturally he's playing at a high level, but that's not what he's focused on. And I think, um, I think all the guys on the team have embraced that. And certainly um, his leadership has been felt. They understand that there's no expectations going into a game. Yeah. We hold each other to a, to a high level. You know, we want to play and be the best team in America. So um, I think that's probably what you're getting at. And, and it's not just about him and it never has been by the way. I mean, it's just the way he is and the way he's wired. And um, I think that's a sign of a great leader. Deep left, Brandon Gulick, Buckeyes now, and Sports Illustrated. 
Coach, I, I guess I'm just curious. I know the, the goal is to always have that pair and spare where if somebody's not available, you don't have a drop-off. You guys have, have had a really impressive year in not having a drop-off. Have you been around another team that, that reminds you of the way you guys continue to just plug a hole and, and execute at the same level? I don't know. Um, I haven't really thought about that. But, but I think one of the things that happened last year was uh, we had so many younger guys play. So when you look at our roster right now, I mean, we have some some juniors and seniors, but we also have some sophomores that um, are very experienced because there was quite a few freshmen who played last season, uh, where the year before that wasn't the case. So, you know, there was, there was some struggles last year. There was some growing pains. I mean, it wasn't easy. It was uh, difficult at times. But I think now you're seeing some of that experience and some of the things we worked through in the growing pains last year starting to pay off because um, the, these guys played and there were so many first times last season. Um, so now they're not. So when, when you're, when you're playing guys and putting them in the game, even though they may be sophomores or, or um, you know, even um, you know, some of the juniors, I mean, they played a lot of football. So um, the depth has been strong and, um, and it comes down to leadership too. You know, I mean, JK and Jair, and you know, they, they have to step in against in, in Wisconsin and they hadn't had that experience, but I think the guys around them, Ronnie Hickman and Tommy Eichenberg and, and some of the guys who have played before, you know, they put their arm around them and say, well, we're going to figure this thing out together. I think that's important too. And I think that's the leadership that you need when you're working through an entire season. So I think it's probably a combination of all those things. Fourth row middle, Andy Anders, Buckeye Sports Bulletin. Uh, yes, Ryan. So obviously a big narrative coming into this year was being able to run the ball when you needed to on the short yardage plays that, uh, you know, the defense knows you're going to run the ball. You guys faced a fourth and one fairly uh, early in this game while it was still in the contest uh, and converted. What made that play successful in as much detail as you can? It looked like there might have been a check the line. And then uh, how did that set up the touchdown pass to Julian Fleming that immediately followed? Yeah, I mean, um, you never know how things are going to go. And that was one that I guess we had the quarter change. Uh, there's a timeout. I f forget exactly, but there was a long time pondering over that one because, you know, you go down one road, you say, okay, if we get this and we go down the, down the field and score, it turns into a two score game. You don't get it. They get the ball in plus territory. And I think at the time it was 21, 13. So uh, you just kind of go back and forth, back and forth in your mind. And, you know, I, I know how that goes. If you go for a fourth and one, you get it. Great call. If you don't, what are you doing? So uh, it's all about the execution. So then the conversation became, do we feel like we have a good play that we can run against um, the, the defense that we're expecting? And uh, we thought we did. Uh, we thought, we, you know, we got ourselves into the right play there. And I think it was the next play we scored the touchdown on. So, um, I mean, those are, those are the, the swing moments of a game that you got to have, you know, those, those uh, game-altering plays, those gap plays that you got to be able to respond. And, and we did. And so then the whole game changes from there. Uh, at least that whole half did. And um, so that's something we're going to bring up in the meeting today when we talk about the game. Right next door, Pat Murphy, 24-7 Sports. Ryan, you guys have talked about the balance at running back. and We've talked about it a lot. But when you have guys that can go off the way that, that they have individually, how do you work with those guys to – I know they're they're selfless and, and you know they, they don't mind giving up carries, but they also, you know, I assume, want to – want to be on the field as much as possible. How, how does that dynamic work with them, especially after they both have back-to-back -back big games? Well, I think that um, – I think it's it's just unique. I think we've talked about this for a while, but they they understand that they need each other and 
they both, I don't think, are surprised when when the other one's in there that they run so well. And I think they make each other better. So um, I thought, you know, Dallin came in and, and did a nice job when he was in there. I thought when we had an opportunity to get uh, Xavier Johnson involved, we hand the ball to Emeka. We found different ways, too, to spread a couple carries around, which I think is, is good for the offense and healthy. Um, but, yeah, when you have Mayan and Trey both in there together, that, um, you know, they have a little bit, a couple different running styles as well. So that keeps the defense on its heels. And uh, and maybe even having a couple packages where they're both in there, you know. So once we get them healthy, it opens up a lot of doors for us. Uh, front row middle, Bill Rabinowitz, Columbus Dispatch. Ryan, I know injury timetables are hard to predict anyway, and not the favorite topic. But uh, what's your level of confidence that for the Iowa game you're going to get some of your key guys back? I mean, Mayan, Jackson, whoever else. Yeah, I mean – Going into today's meeting, you know, talking going through the injury report, you know, um, you know, really for a bunch of those guys, it was, you know, the expectations that they're going to play for the Iowa game. Now, they still have to come along and they have to have a good week and all that. But but that's that's the goal right now is to get them, um, you know, get them healthy this week and have a full week of practice next week. And and those guys are ready to roll for Iowa. And other guys that are long term injuries, they're just not going to be back this year. Yeah, there are. There are some, um, you know, like Mitchell Melton and. Um, Evan Pryor. Um, um, yeah, we're still hoping to get Cam Babb at some point. Um, probably not for the Iowa game, but we're hoping to get him back at some point this season. Um, if there's anybody else, then uh, we'll get with Jerry and try to figure out who's that. Yeah, yeah. Well, we still might be able to get him back yet later on. So I think that right now, yeah, that's that's probably the long term. And if there's any updates on that, we'll let you know. But right now, the rest of the guys we're expecting to. Um, to have for the Iowa game, it'll be kind of based on how this this week goes. Yeah. Over here to the right, Tim May. Tim uh, May podcast. Yeah. Let him uh, Ryan, like Dave Biddle asked you a while ago about the diversity of this offense and stuff, and like you said about the excitement of guys coming in on Tuesday, what's new? Do you ever, you and your staff, do you ever also think about <clears throat> how much you're overloading the defensive coordinator for the next week or the next week who are watching that video? How much does that kind of come into play a little bit in a almost diabolical way? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it, sure. No, I think the more things that we can put on film, the more ways we can attack defenses, then, then the more stress we put on them. Um, and I think that's that's the the balance of like what's too much where you can't execute anything, what's too simple where teams can just tee off and see, okay, this is this set, there's the back right there, and here comes this, you know. So um, that's the balance you try to find. But when you have players – Obviously, you have the talent that our guys have, but have the the football IQ to be able to take a play and put it on a field at a high level, like like we like we saw this past week. Man, that opens up a lot of options for us, and um, you know, we're just blessed to have such great players um, and you know the ability to 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 you know process high levels of information. You know, they're they're you know, in every week to have something fresh. I mean, oh yeah, 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 more than one. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got time for two more. Uh, Sigram, uh, name Reese, Cleveland.com. Um, trying to think how to explain this. So you've been asked about Kyle McCord and trying to figure out how to play him at end of games a couple times. Sure. Um, the backup's always one play away. It's a little more fun of mine. You know, Alabama just had to play a whole yeah. game with his backup quarterback. How much do live game reps in a blowout help a backup quarterback? How important are they in development compared to practice and everything else? And whenever we've asked you about it, you've brought up this idea of not wanting to be disrespectful at the end of games. I think that makes a lot of sense in the non-conference, that kind of thing. Why is that front of mind for you in a conference game where, you know, you guys theoretically are all equal? Why is that still a factor for you? 
I just so the first part, I think yeah, it is. I think it's good to get him in the game, get whoever in the game, um, whether it's the quarterback or anybody else. You know, just getting those game reps under your belt is is different than in practice for sure. Um, but I just that's just the way that I've always believed. Um, you know, the, the game should be played. I think when, when you're when you're rolling and um, you know you know you're in the third quarter, you're beginning of the fourth quarter, go play. Uh, but it, when you start to get towards the end of those games and they get a little upside, I just think that that's um, the way to respect the game. Fourth row left, Nathan Barrett, Cleveland.com. I just want to go back to the, the question about the cornerbacks. As you look ahead for what this next week needs to be for them, for, for Denzel and Cam, I guess, especially at the top of that list, is it? do those guys need a lot more reps? Do those guys need a break? How do you sort of look at the week for them just because that is the position that's maybe stood out. I think that these three days are great days to get better and, and then, um, you know, take a couple of days to catch their breath. But I think, yeah, we, we got to try to the, the best way to, to, to coach is to put players in game situations. So how do we create those exact situations that have happened in the first six games and then allow them the opportunity to find the ball? Simple as that. You know, it's not really complicated, um, but without, you know, doing it so much that we blow their doors off. You know, we got to make sure that we're keeping them healthy. But, but that's it. We just have to try to find a way to simulate the game and, and make it harder, make practice harder than the game, so that when they get there, they're they're ready to make that play. Thank you very much, All right, guys. Thanks.